If you're a person that is experiencing anxiety or depression, or any number of labels that the diagnostic world for mental health has out there for you, you've come to the right place. If you started listening, this is your first podcast, you need to know that this is the sixth in a series, and the first podcast will talk about the importance of getting rid of those labels, but for the, the shortcut version of it here and now, you're learning a lot of skills through this series, very practical skills, and you need to know that anxiety and depression is not who you are or any of those other labels. This is so critical for you to be able to change. You can't change who you are, but you sure can change what you do. Just to recap, you know that nobody chooses to do these things purposely. That's because you got a very fast, automatic impression, emotional part of your brain that is just out to protect you and has learned to either pull away or to react or to fix, please, control, any number of very resourceful things when you're a child, and that's why he got so good at it. He was accidentally learned, and now, as an adult, you can take a look at it. And that was the first skill we talked about in the last podcast was the oops method. Just pausing instead of getting that self-critical voice really faster yet. Who needs that? Sure don't. And if you don't want anxiety and depression, you certainly do not want things that lead you to feeling helpless. Because the more helpless you feel, out of control, blaming others, feeling that the world is overwhelming, the more helpless you're going to feel. The more helpless you feel, boy, does that anxiety go right up. And that ultimately leads to more feelings of hopelessness. The more hopeless you feel, the more you're apt to have depression. And that's a very shortcut way of explaining it, but it's a very useful way so that you can start looking at things in a different way. If you can start developing you know, skills and awareness and be able to, to really build a distress tolerance, which is important because a list of what to do doesn't do a whole lot of good if you're ready, ready to pop out of your skin. So that's what we're going to be focused, continue to focus on in this series. You know, so we talked about oops, just taking a break. Look, pausing that, that, that very fast cycle of doing something. You want to pause that reactivity. And if that's the best you can do, you're already interrupting the pattern, and that means you're not getting faster at it. You interrupt it, and you're starting to change your brain. Neuroplasticity says that if we do something, we just get better at it. You can get better at interrupting this and putting the brakes on, even if it's just one oops at a time. The other thing is to be really kind to yourself. Now, I know this is enormously hard for people who have very self-critical voices, and it can feel phony. That's why I'm not for all these positive affirmations that you just lay on top like a Band-Aid. Of course, I think it's great to affirm yourself, but if it doesn't feel real, it feels like a phony, and it feels like a Band-Aid, and it just doesn't work. So what I'd like you to do now is to consider how you can start to cultivate real kindness towards yourself. And this involves using your imagination. I'm not saying phony imagination, I mean, although that does kind of work because imagination can be phony, but I'm not trying to for you to force anything. No forcing. But I wonder if you could take, just sit in a comfy chair sometime when where you can close your eyes and you have no disturbances around you and you don't have any anything you have to attend to. And I wonder if you could just start evoking some curiosity 
going down memory lane in your mind about a time when you were a carefree kid. And for some people, that's very hard to find. But just go back there and just imagine, you know, how, how kids are. Kids look, notice the cracks in the sidewalk. They notice the, the shades and the tile and the floor or the different patterns in the wallpaper or the curtains. Those kids, you were that one of those kids because that's the way kids are, are very much in the moment. They're not worried about the future. They're not worried about the past. They're just here and now. It's carefree. But even if you were just so little, if you were two or three and have a hard time remembering it, that is in your memory banks. You just got to figure out how to get there. So you can just kind of wander in your mind back to any moment that felt completely carefree. And notice what you notice and wonder and see and feel. Just see all the details. Because even if it's only two seconds, three seconds, even a millisecond of that, that's a reference point for you. And if you can just be there just for a moment and feel what that felt like, that's called a felt sense. Felt sense is the way your limbic brain doesn't have words, that part of your brain, but it sure communicates with you with the way your body feels. Well, your body feels warm and fuzzy because of a moment. It could be when you held a little kitty or look, look, loved little puppies. It could be any moment like that. If you're having a hard time going back in your childhood finding you know, a warm and fuzzy moment, then maybe as an adult, or even as, an, as, a, as a child, you might have had a warm, fuzzy moment when you looked at like that, the face of a goofy puppy. And I have a goofy puppy. He's a five-month-old Great Pyrenees. And boy, does he have a big, goofy, goofy, disjointed body. And he, just the thought of him makes, makes people smile once they've gotten to know him. Maybe you have a Harry in your life. If you could just pause. So what's the importance of that? Lori, what the heck? How is that going to help me? Because what we want to do is start building these positive internal resources that you could go to in moments of distress. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. You don't just flip from distress into that. Just go to your happy place. It doesn't happen without cultivating it and having a sense of, I know where to go. And you get that warm sensation in your chest. You put your hand on your chest, pat your chest. Think of that little girl or little boy you were playing in the sandbox. And I'm going to tell you, if you, have a, if you don't have um, a Harry or a puppy or a kitty or some favorite um, you know, relative in your life that just felt so good to crawl onto their lap, then you, and there's a lot, of, a lot of people who don't have that, then you might want to think of a little childhood friend that you loved. Or you might think of, oh, if there was a, a, a puppy or a childhood friend or somebody else, how do they see you? If you could pretend to look through the eyes of that other person or other little being and how, especially animals, that's why they're so great. They love so much unconditionally. And see that little puppy and see if that puppy could have a thought bubble coming over its head saying how much they absolutely adored you. I wonder if you could just put on what it would be like to be that puppy so excited to see you or someone else your friend because what we're doing is cultivating a reference point that says that restores that i can feel good right we're going to talk about how you build that reference point and for starters you might think oh it's just a little flicker but if you feel that flicker great 
you don't have that flicker, then you're going to need to employ your imagination as to what some little puppy, what some other little kid, what somebody else might feel like. And just start to get that felt sense of warmth. And we do have warmth when we feel those things. And that's why we call it, we call it heartwarming. Because very active, just starting to think about those things and feeling those things is what you do in your body. It releases oxytocin from your heart. Maybe you've heard of oxytocin before. It's the approach hormone. It's the love hormone. It's a bonding hormone. We all have it. You can th- if you, even if you feel like you have a heart of stone, that's just your defense. You still got a heart that can release oxytocin. You just got to help it so that it starts to become more familiar and able to do it. So thinking of these little reference points, and then you can use your imagination and say, oh, I got a little flicker. You can imagine that you got a little radio dial there on your heart. You can say, what can I do just to raise that little flame just a little bit more than it is now? It's just like a little pilot light in those old-fashioned gas stoves. Can I just click it up, get that burner to ignite? Can I do it just for, for a half a second? Can I do it for a second? I'm going to tell you, the more you do this, there's ample research out there, tons of research out there that people can start to experience themselves in a different way. But you got to re- recognize what it feels to feel kind of warm and fuzzy. And then you can start to change that attitude and experience it about yourself. You know, perhaps you're the kind of person that has looked back in family photos and you might see, wow, look how little I was. That's really huge. I was so little when they were expecting me to do that. I was so little when I was having to do all that task. So you can start to have some little compassion about how little you really were. But if you can't do that, if you're like a deer in the headlights sort of kid and the pictures look so frightening or you got some kind of haircut that you think, oh, look at me, I was ugly, I wasn't any good, then you need to start thinking about, wow, what does it feel like to be loved in the way I described before, okay? Start out with looking at yourself and having compassion for at least how little you were and look around at all the other elements in your life. Who was there? Was there friends? Were there animals? Were there loving relatives? Look for a little scrap and then start to dial it up. Once you dial it up, you can also start to not only just feel it maybe more intensely, which would be great, but also just imagine how you could hold it for one second, two seconds and keep building on that. We'll talk more about how we have a negativity bias in the next podcast, how we're naturally kind of velcroy to negativity, and why it's so important to practice these felt sense of positive experiences. Because without feeling it, you can talk about your thing to the end of time. The shift is going to become when you actually feel it and do something different. Okay, this is Lori Olson. I am a psychotherapist, and this is the series, How to Be a Competent Self-Manager. And we talked about cultivating positive internal experiences here. I'm going to do more about that and more skills in the next podcast. Thanks for joining. You can find these archived on Discover Me PG, us on Facebook, Facebook Discover Me PG, as in process group, and also on iTunes, Lori Olson. Have a great day. I look forward to doing the next podcast.